Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tonight, we learn even more details in the Serpentine case. We meet Billy Taggart with the federal authorities, and plus, Marie has even more fallout from her case. It's episode four of the Unbelievable After Show, and it starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hi, guys. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? If you're live streaming or listening to the podcast, thank you so much for having us in our lives and second screens. My name is Global Voice, and you are listening to the After Buzz After Show for Unbelievable, episode four. Uh, this season is getting better and better and better, but we have so much to talk about in today's edition. But before we do, let's introduce the panel because these guys are amazing. On my far, far left, uh, this person is has headlined the Another Life uh, after show. Give it up for Jack Farmer. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Man, this show is getting good. I love that we're starting to see some suspects. Yeah. Justice is going to get served. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am pumped. You seem very enthusiastic. You're out on the TV like, yeah, justice, suspects, like, crime. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I want to yeah. see justice served. I'm so excited. That's amazing. It too is right. Uh, she can be found on the Do's After Show here yes. at Afterbus TV. Give her Miss Alexis Brown. Hello, everybody. I'm also excited about just being served. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Karate chops for everyone. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're at the halfway point here. We're just uh, at the halfway point of the season of, of Unbelievable on Netflix. Just, I want your overall thoughts about how the case has progressed. Uh, I know a lot of information was thrown on us in this edition. Starting with you, Alexis. What's going through your mind watching episode four? I mean, I guess... For me, I was kind of getting a little frustrated. I was like, who is this person? When are we going to find out? I thought at the end we had finally caught him, and we were getting close, and it was nowhere near it. So I'm just ready to figure out who it is. But I'm just excited to watch the detectives do their thing because they're killing it, and it seems like it's going to happen eventually. So I'm, I'm, I'm jumping way, way ahead, but do you thought that the white the white Mazda was like the white Mazda? I mean, I guess it would have been too easy in episode four for that to have been it, but I was like, ooh, this could be something. Thin, and then it was this black man that's like, well, we know it's not him. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> so I guess this is going nowhere. Yeah, sure. Jack Farmer, just uh, overall thoughts of today's episode. I thought it was a great episode to tease us a little bit because mm-hmm. there were so many moments throughout the show where it felt like they were getting their person, whether it be the guy from the college that they brought in, uh, Scott Parrish, whether it be the white Mazda. We're like, oh, this is going to be the guy. Now they just need to prove it's them. But then, nope. Yeah. That's not them. And so it was it was very much a tease episode where you kept thinking it was you were gonna get something but she didn't. Yeah. That's a good description of so it. So let's talk about Scott Pash for a second because this this guy definitely seems like a bit of a skis ball, right? Mm-hmm. Uh yes. definitely someone who uh his own friend or even colleague kinda of gave him up like, Yeah man, he makes uh, girls force have sex with him, mm-hmm. which is one of the worst reputations you want to have on the planet. Um just I wanna see what you think, Jack, about his temperament and how he basically was he fell into Duval's trap there. Just telling more and more information as, 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 as his interrogation continued. 
Yeah, he his temperament. He seemed like a complete piece of trash, which was <laughs> what we were supposed to Don't get back, from Jack. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he he was presented as someone who was a terrible person. He lived up to the reputation. It, you wish that he could get charged with something because yeah. you know he's a terrible person. Mm-hmm. The person who acted him did a great job because I hated him, and that was the role to be hated. And I, I wish we could get some justice for that guy, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Um, even though he didn't do this particular crime, I still feel like he deserves to be in jail, and hopefully that ends up happening. And he also has a really dumb tattoo. Yeah. He gets a Christmas tree or whatever that was on their leg. It looked like a or an arrowhead. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so you deserve to go to jail just for that tattoo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Judgment being passed. Right. Well, I thought that was pretty interesting. They added that, that that wrinkle, right? We always thought it was a birthmark. I still think it kind of can be a birthmark, but it could be a tattoo, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happen- these crimes were happening at night, and mm-hmm. we don't really know what right. the visibility or whatever is. Right. Um, I for all, I thought going into it, Scott Pash would have been one of the guys, if not the guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm kind of happy it wasn't, at least for now, mm-hmm. only because it'd be a little bit too easy, right? right? Alexis, mm-hmm. what do you think? I think so too. I mean, it could have still been him, and there was still more to dig or more people that could have come out that could have added on to the story because we are halfway through. But it's not him, so we're gonna have to keep waiting. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to say, there's always two parts to these things, these kind of shows. There's finding out who it is, but then there's proving who it is. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we could have seen him, them, the character today, the suspect today. We didn't, I don't believe. But seeing them early, this early, I think is possible. I think we're going to see them very soon. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely, they're going to find him. Then we're going to have to go through the phase of them actually proving it was this person. So the line was very just defensive, right? Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? These girls say things all the time. Right. Like, Why are you acting so sketchy, bro? <laughs> yeah. You know? Because she really didn't ask him anything before he started just, like, going off. So. Yeah. Isn't that what guilty people do, though? They start yes. trying to defend themselves before anything's right. ever right. even mm-hmm. been accused. Mm-hmm. Right. Always beware the person that's helping you look for the thing you've lost because they're usually the person that help you lose. Right, right. Uh, this episode actually opens up with uh, our, our heroes here, Duval and Rasmussen, going over a Dorsley Lillard, a uh, 17-year-old fraternity mom who was also attacked. Uh, I like the idea where they didn't go over the beat of tell me what happened. They mm-hmm. say, hey, look, we read your file. We're not doing that. What happens? Uh, what, is there anything new you can tell us, Jack? Let, let me know about this. You know, having this lady who just it seems to be a genuine good soul working for the fraternity. They call her Mama D, which is definitely a term just of infection. biscuits. Yeah, like just doing yeah. her thing, man. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, like with all the victims, you feel terrible for them at first. And I felt really sad that that had happened to her. She seemed like such a nice lady, but she did present the information about him being somewhat kind during the attack, which I mm-hmm. believe was the first time we had heard that about him which I think paints just more of a picture about who he is. Mm-hmm. Right. That's interesting the way you said it. Alexis, let me ask you this. Can someone be considered kind and gentle doing such a heinous crime? I I mean, she said it, so I guess... I guess comparatively, compared to what you think a rape would be or what Absolutely you've heard fair. about a rape, they're being a lot more gentle than is normal, but... I mean, they're still raping you, so I just I don't understand it. But I've also never been in that situation, and hopefully, never will be to know. So 
Absolutely. The the MO here of the attacker, assuming that it is one person here, mm-hmm. which I think it's a fair safe assumption. It, yeah. it definitely seems to be at random. Uh, this is what actually Agent Taggart says with the, with the federal authorities, that there's, there's not a particular type. There isn't a, an age preference or racial preference. Uh, so I want to walk you through this. When they when they met uh, Agent Billy Taggart with the FBI, uh, kind of, you know, was bemused at the fact there's an arranged marriage between the two uh, police precincts. Um, and it went into detail about a VCAP analysis about how they're trying to whittle down who this person may be. Alex, let me ask you this. Uh, the information came kind of fast and fast. Uh, he was kind of matter of fact about it, like we mm-hmm. all would know, which is pretty cool. But the idea, do you think working with the federal authorities is on the right path? Do you think that they can help in a certain way? Or is this kind of like a bring the information to us and we'll help execute? I think they probably have been trying to figure this out and just kind of put it on the back burner. But seeing the women and kind of hearing what they've been coming up with, they're like, oh, maybe there is something there. So let's get what we can from them so we can go back to trying to figure it out on our own. So that's why I was glad they didn't give them any information because you're not about to take credit for what we've been doing and we've been working hard and we've really been putting a lot out for it by us just handing you the information. Absolutely. Jack, we were talking about this in the last episode about how this show as it presented as a fiction of a true story, how it circumvents TV tropes. We've seen cop shows before where the federal authorities come in and they just say, we're taking over. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're seeing a very collaborative, uh, looks like an investigation where it's like, hey, if you get the information, I can make it work. What's your thoughts about Billy Taggart and the, and the federal influence so far? Well, I think he might not be the person that you want to trust giving all the information to because just because he's offering to help doesn't mean he's not also going to try to take the case away once mm-hmm. he gets all that information. Okay. Mm-hmm. As of right now, he might be saying, let me see the information because he might look at it and say, oh, well, this doesn't look like it's worth my time. But he might say, you know what? You have everything here. Let me just take all the work you did, and now I'm going to solve the case myself yeah. and take mm-hmm. all the credit. Uh, but one thing, you would mentioned that he said that there was – no single type, but something Grace did chime in with was that there is the type, and that is the isolated woman. Sure, mm-hmm. um, which seems to fit every everyone he's attacked so far. Right. Yeah, it definitely seems that that will be the the common through thread, I guess, between all the, the crimes now. I mean, just, I, I know we're, we're kind of speculating here because we'll get the predictions later, but I, I'm sure there's going to be other uh, instances of other crimes that may have come forward. But I do like the fact that uh, now you have that this this federal, like, you know, power up, if you need be, somewhere else there, if you have another way to go through these um, I, I'm going to write this down here. The the VCAP analysis, for example. Uh, I think that would right. be a good tool to have. And I love the fact that Billy Tiger says your guy's just garden variety horrible, which is like, <laughs> right. yeah, we totally agree. It, um, it's. It, I think something that – I don't know how police work really works in real life, but I imagine at some point once they start getting beyond Colorado, because they're eventually going to have to start talking about the cases in Washington State and maybe other states in between – I think you're going to have to get the FBI involved at some point. Right. Once they go beyond state lines. Again, I'm not a, a, an expert on how all that works, What's but I would imagine. I mean, it makes sense. Could they really handle a case that big, just the two of them? I don't know. So they may involve themselves for that reason alone. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, like we already said, to get the credit for it because it's something that has been going on for years and nobody's been able to solve it. Now you have these two women 
who are coming and taking all the men's jobs by doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I shout out to Girl Power. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, before we moving on, Alexis, can you tell the world how they can listen to this Afterbus show and other Afterbus TV shows? Of course. So if you're watching on YouTube, then you know you can find us on YouTube. So make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But you can also listen to us on iTunes. So if you do so, make sure to give us a five-star rating. And no matter what, no matter you're listening, no matter if you're watching, no matter what the show is, if it's unbelievable or another AfterBuzz show, make sure just to continue to watch and interact with us because we love talking to you about our shows and we wouldn't be the ESPN of TV talk without you. So thank you. Excellent. Shout out to everyone in the chat here listening live. You guys can comment and subscribe and even do a super chat with the super chat function here on YouTube. It looks like a little S inside of a box. Uh, make sure you support the show that way. Uh, so moving on, I, I like the fact that there's been this thread that was planted in the last episode that's coming now that Duval has remembered Grace before, Rasmussen before and she's like trying to play with it. There was a little bit of a scene there where she Duval was saying, hey look, I'm not as old as you look. Do you remember me? And it was kind of in the background. Jack, I'm going to ask you first. Do you, th- just, I mean I know you're speculating here, but do you think yeah. that there was some kind of thing that we were missing here? I think there's something that happened that wasn't that pleasant for Duval that between them and that Grace may not re- remember, mm-hmm. and that's why she's not just fronting it right away. Because if you had just met someone and you, you know, like if, if we work together and then twenty years from now cross paths and you don't remember, I was like, hey, I remember we did that show together. Mm-hmm. But if it was something bad, you wouldn't necessarily front it right away. So I think there's probably some drama between them Very good that point. maybe Grace doesn't remember right off the bat. Do you think that Grace actually doesn't remember, or you think she does remember and is trying to play it off? That's a fantastic question because Grace is seems like someone who might just keep the cards close to her vest mm-hmm. if she doesn't need to let her know that she remembers. Yeah, yeah. I think she knows and she's just not saying anything. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, it definitely seems with the, with the uh, intent eye stare. Like, you know, what if what if that has to do with Max the knife? Yes, mm. I wonder what that is. That, that is like the mystery behind the mystery. Maybe somewhere along the line, something happened. The Max the Knife thing came because of an altercation between those two from before, or a meeting before. I don't know. Even though Either the ball doesn't know about Max the Knife until the last episode, you think it's all related? Yeah, like maybe the relationship between them gave between Duval, the, both the Duvals gave Max the Knife that name because of an interaction. I don't know. That's <laughs> pre- that's all predictions, but I just I want to know what, what's going on with Max the Knife. Yeah, yeah that was definitely something we get some uh, closure with. Uh, just a real quick aside. Uh, we were watching the show in, in the trailer here at After Both TV Studios, and there was a line that was spoken today that both gave us pause, uh, all three of us. that said that 40% of police officers report themselves as domestic abusers. I thought that was pretty interesting that it was dropped in this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the validity of that, but that does put everything in perspective. Alexis, thoughts about that? I mean, I think they are just kind of... How can I put this? They're putting it out there so that they won't it won't get they won't get caught up later. Like, sure. Say, let me put it out there myself so I can control the narrative, control how things are handled versus it just coming out later on its own, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I was shocked about that, too. But also... Shocked, but not surprised, if that makes sense. But as a citizen, you think that police officers yeah. all are mm-hmm. having to suffer above reproach, but... Eh, normal people. <laughs> I don't know about me, but most people would think that. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Different 
conversation. But Jack, I, I mean, people, the cops are volunteering this information. Mm-hmm. Not, not like they like fail a test. You guys are yeah. saying, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm that, kind of that, sorry to cut you off, but that's what it was for me. I was shocked that they would put out that information on their own, but not surprised that they were actually doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe because they know how law enforcement works. They know if they front it, then they can right. bury it instead mm-hmm. of being caught on their own. Yeah. I, I'm, like, I don't know, again, I don't know how accurate that number actually is. I assume it's got to be somewhat accurate for them to just drop it in the middle of a show like this. But right. I don't know. I think 40% of any career field having domestic violence issues is scary. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that goes without question. Um, and domestic violence is really one of the ones that are the most personal kinds of violent attacks, you know. Um, so moving on, you know, there was a bit of fallout between the past cases. Uh, we, we learned that Amber's boyfriend is either they've broken up or they're separated or they're going by their separate ways. Um, it's hard when people are victims of, of these kinds of crimes. You kind of assume there's going to be an immediate network, even though Amber says that her friends were fine with her. The fact that her boyfriend wasn't there gave her some pause. Alexis, to walk me through this. Now, how do you feel that Amber is being like her, her support? Especially last episode, he was like, what are, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, I mean, I got weird vibes about the boyfriend from the very, very beginning when she was talking about her boyfriend to the detective in the second episode, and she was like, "He's very overprotective of me," and just kind of the way she talked about him to the detective. They kind of sent off a red flag for me in the beginning of that. So then meeting him in the last episode, where he seemed like very like. Like, he had some type of anger issue himself, sort of, kind of. And I know it's a a very contentious, you know, thing. She was attacked, but there was a weird vibe for me there. So I actually was happy that the boyfriend had gone away, but a little nervous to know why it was and what that means for how he's going to be treating her now. Sure, Jack, is that the last time we see him? I think so. I think, I don't know why he would come back at this point from the show standpoint. He definitely did live up to the billing that she told him he was as far as him being someone who was protective and and all that in the last episode i i think we're going to see more of her not having anyone around her going forward Mm -hmm. Uh, because it it seems weird even as she was going out to see her friends when the phone rings she kind of hides the phone Mm -hmm. and there's oh that's them you gotta go as opposed to yeah they'll be here soon or whatever yeah Yeah, it's almost like she doesn't want everyone to see that there actually isn't anyone there Mm. yeah I I do think it was it's kind of interesting especially with Amber's case and how there was this at first it's okay it happens I'm I'm strong but then as it's going on you're seeing it more and more affecting her day to day life um yeah, just, to me yeah. personally, that's the one that gets in the most pause. I think that's something that's been very interesting about this show and how a lot of the victims have actually handled it from the outside looking on. Seem like they handled it very well as mm-hmm. far as, you know, Marie, she still goes to work the next day. Mama D just is still working at the frat. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone seems to keep moving on with their lives and seems to handle it very well. But now with Amber, she's the one that you're really seeing start to crack and that maybe she's not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Marie has a whole bunch of problems she's dealing with. But, yeah, Amber's the one that you're starting to see. Maybe it's just her playing tough and it's not really that well. Or on the flip side, I just feel like with people who deal with trauma and have some have dealt with something like this, maybe it comes in waves. Like some days are good, some days it hits them really hard. It just depends on what happens in that day or, you know, if they just get a flashback or something. So it could have just been that she was having an off day. 
you yeah. never know with people who have been abused. It's true, and it's it's very important that like the office work in the case have some sort of like bedside manner or empathy. Mm-hmm. Like that scene that we went to uh, Lily's mom's house, Ms. Darrow, uh, Duval had so much empathy to even understand like the religious thing, the religious aspects. Uh, I'd like to walk me through this scene. How you, how do you think that how Duval handled that? Having this angry mom being like, "Where were you guys a year ago?" Mm-hmm. Blah. I think she handled it well because what could she, she wasn't there. She wasn't one of the people who handled the situation. I'm coming to you trying to help, but at the same time still being understanding that that does happen where situations are just looked over or detectives, you know, how they did Marie. They just kind of accused the girl of doing something even though she was the one who came as the victim. So I think she played it in a good way where it's like, I'm here to help you and we want to get answers, but also I'm going to be a little bit more calm about it and understanding because I know that situations like this do happen. Sure. Yeah, I didn't think the the mom of Lily did Lily any favors Mm -hmm. by being that difficult. Mm -hmm. I guess I see where she's coming from. I'd probably be very angry too if something had happened and I didn't get a response until a year later doesn't mean she's helping the situation. I mean, the sure. the police are there now. Try to help them out. Uh, I think we will hear from Lily because I think Duval handled it perfectly by yeah. showing she understands her religious situation and she's respectful of it and she's not trying to be a bully or say we need your we need to talk to her right this minute. But I think being respectful open that door for them. Yeah, Yeah. I think they just need to rebuild that trust because I think they probably, after Lily's situation, thought, oh, the cops are going to handle this. Justice is going to be served. They're going to take care of us. And they completely just neglected the situation. And now they've lost that trust in, you know, the justice system. And they feel like, oh, these people are coming here now. What are you coming here now for? What's the motive? Why all of a sudden is it important to you? So I think they're really just going to have to work with that family to rebuild that trust in them. Yeah, and I hope they do Mm because it it looked like a uh, Miss Darrow was like Harkness. He's terrible. And if you know that guy by name, you know that's always a a bad sign. But we get more and more information about Marie Aller and her case. Uh, it just seems that one bad beat after another. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to figure out the whole citation versus summons thing. I mean, just. Poor girl, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack and I were talking about this before and how she, her, her fallout has been since her attack. Alexis, his thoughts on episodes three and four and Marie's mm-hmm. journey? I think. It's in episode four, I think she's starting to realize that, okay, maybe I can finally get my truth out. She's just scared because I would be scared too. Nobody believes you. You, Oh, I lied about lying. Like nobody's going to believe that. But at the same time, it's starting to become more real because people have more stories like her and people are starting to take it a little bit more seriously. So I think um, episode four was kind of that reawakening for her. Like maybe I should speak up. And I think in episode five, not to sneak into predictions too soon in episode five, we're going to see her actually come out and say something. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think I feel so bad for all the victims. I feel so bad for her as well just because she's so young and things just keep going wrong for her. The thing that really stood out to me about her story was how the citation that Hughes, the lawyer, said they never pursue this and that they never push for this. But in her case, they are, Mm -hmm. which then, of course, going back into the going back to the future in 2011 with Duvall and Grace, them saying it might be a police officer. 
Right. That just makes it stand out even more that maybe someone is is trying to stop her from talking. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. And she lucked out with Mr. Hughes because he was not in the mood for another case at all. Mm And uh, taking a step back, it's very, it's very troubling, especially nowadays, how harried uh, court court appointed attorneys are. I mean, those who can't afford legal representation are, are, are entitled to one. And a lot of these guys have such a, and ladies, I'm not saying guys only have such a large caseload that they're just like look man I don't know I don't have any more but uh, Marie's case was unique and being being able to to look at that and say hey look I'm gonna plead not guilty now to buy you some time because it could have been really easy like look kid just to say guilty we'll call it a day mm-hmm. but this could be the opening for something big thoughts I worry about that lawyer Hughes he seems mm-hmm. like someone who will take the first Bargain he can get to get it off his table. It's a possibility. Interesting. Because he seems he seems overworked and he doesn't seem like he's that passionate about the case. He, even yeah. even with her, he was just like, okay, just keep your nose clean. I'm going to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah, but even to your point, Flobo, like if that was the case, wouldn't like he said, like you said, say you're guilty, you're going to go to jail. Who cares? I, I wasn't even your lawyer. I just kind of got bamboozled into this. <laughs> so I think he does care somewhat. I think he sees a scared young woman. And even, like, in her reactions of if it really happened or not when he asked about that, I think he could kind of tell, like, maybe something did happen. So I I think he actually does want to help her, and I think he is going to help her. Can we talk about Colleen looking at the other news report and being like, okay, baby, explain this. Yeah. You said it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And at first, I think going back in episode one, we we're like, did it happen or did it not? Mm-hmm. Uh, now we know it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was the right move on Colleen's part, but she came with a lot of energy. She's gonna, she kind of ran, ran hot. Lexi, mm-hmm. we thought about that. Yeah, like, oh, now you want to believe me. Oh, <laughs> now you want to <laughs> see it because... Like, was it not enough for you when I was crying saying that this happened to me and all of a sudden you see this news story and it's like, you got to say something, you got to say something. And it's like, well, you didn't believe me before and you kind of like put me out on the spot before and kind of put me, not put her in the situation, but led me into that situation. So it's just a weird place because... It didn't seem like she cared before, and now all of a sudden she cares. It's like, is it? Do you care because it actually happened to her, or do you care because now it's this big thing? Right. Absolutely. Well, I think what really came to light with the news story is not only that obviously it's true, but I think especially for Colleen, she's seen that because it wasn't reported or followed through on, someone else was attacked. Mm-hmm. And now there's got to be that guilt of if we had pursued this, that person may not have yeah. been attacked. Mm-hmm. Right. But and, I mean, if I was if I was calling, I'd probably have some some energy too at that moment. Yeah, because it's almost like hearing it happen for the first time again. Mm-hmm. Now I now she knows it's real. Now she knows it really happened. Now what do you do? Obviously, going to the police is going to be a difficult situation, right. one way or the other. Complicated yeah. with Mr. Hughes's advice and instructions. Uh, I, I probably that's my favorite prediction. I'll get that in a bit. Um, before we move on, now it's time for our special segment. It's now time for who caught you? Who caught you? Who caught you? So today I've got a fun little story about an Iowa man in Iowa City. Of course, Iowa City is in Iowa, right? Iowa City. This is a real story. Um, So what happened is this fella, he thought it'd be a fun idea to steal an ID. You know, kids like to steal IDs. You got to get fake IDs somehow. So he steals this ID and uh, he figures, he steals it, he has it. Some time passes and goes, I'm going to use this ID to sneak into a club. So he goes to the club. He gets to the line. He gets all the way to the front of the line. And the bouncer says, okay, let me see your ID. Shows him the ID. 
the bouncer was the guy he stole the ID from. So he was looking at his own yeah. ID. So who caught you? The bouncer caught you. I mean, did he not think? I mean, I guess you're not thinking, oh, let me check and make sure yeah. that's not the ID. But if you just stole that ID, you would, did the guy didn't look familiar? Did he change his hair? Like, that raises too many questions because Bowser's yeah. are a certain build. So yeah. was this kid a certain build, too? Or yeah, really yeah like, that's true. I mean, you, he obviously wasn't the smartest kid to, yeah. to, to right. try this one. But he, uh, I, I wish I could have seen the look on his face, on both their faces. Right. They're holding the ID and looking up and then... Him looking at the bouncer going, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. It's like, the, have you seen that P. Diddy meme where it's like him and that other guy and they're like staring at each other? It was probably like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't do big IDs, kids. Come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, moving on. Now it's time for our new segment. Alexis, tell us something we love to hear. Yeah. So we've got some good news about the woman we all love, Miss Tony. Mm-hmm. She is going to be in a new movie just days after the premiere of her thriller Knives Out at the Toronto Film Festival. They just announced that she's going to be in a new movie with Guillermo del Toro. It's called Ooh. Nightmare Alley. Um, and Bre- Bradley Cooper is always also going to be in the movie. It's a Fox Searchlight production. The story is set in a world of carnival hustlers and con men, telling the story of a mentalist who Bradley Cooper is playing, who teams with a psychologist in order to swindle the rich. Things go south for the poor sap when he is out hustled by the woman, who is going to be Miss Tony Collette, because she's always outsmarting these men, as we see in Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. So it makes so it's much true. sense. Like it's a sport. It's true. <laughs> yeah, she's going to for her. <laughs> so our beloved Tony Collette's going to be in a new movie and that's our news and gossip that's amazing Rian Johnson uh, did a movie I liked as a, uh, as a young adult not a kid called Brick I mm-hmm. love Brick and, oh, uh, yeah. and Looper too mm-hmm. those are two, two Rian Johnson movies that I'm a big fan of uh, it says here Wikipedia he's also the Star Wars Last Jedi director which I hadn't seen is that movie any good um, probably a side topic not uh, a Star Wars person <laughs> yeah I thought it was good Oh man, it's, Jackie, a hot, that, it's a hot button topic for some people I like it. oh I see <laughs> uh, now it's time for our predictions and now that is hands down my favorite drop because I just picture putting on the foil helmet or the, the you know, tinfoil hat. Uh, just let me know what you guys think overall. What's going to happen in episode five? I think that Marie is finally going to be honest about what happened and that's just going to spark even more, you know, deep diving into what happened. Um, and they're just going to keep on rocking with looking for who did it. Okay, for sure. Uh, uh, okay. You're saying, Jack? And I think this is in contrast to what I just said a moment ago, but I think Hughes is actually going to find out that it was a real case, it was a real situation, and he's going to deep dive into being super lawyer because now he's going to see it might be a bigger case than that's he thought it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good, that's a good that's thing. That's a good one because I it, it did feel like in a bit in this episode it was like, man, I want to pass the buck here, but mm-hmm. there's something, something it's drawing something. me. Yeah, something stroking my chin about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I do think that Marie's story is going to get a little bit more fleshed out. She has to come forward at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the, what it means, the legal repercussions of it all, because you know your counsel said, hey don't say anything um, but I want to put you guys on the spot here as far as the, the number of attacks uh, we've already we're at what five or, or maybe even six that might be more than five less than ten yeah. uh, do you think this person is attacking more or do you think that it, it's pretty much leveling out how as, as Grace and Duval are trying to find a killer here I think there's a lot more than what's already come out mm-hmm. I think he's just been going around just 
doing his thing. Okay, great. So my follow-up question here, is that, and that scene with uh, uh, Special Agent Taggart, mm-hmm. we're talking about the escalation mm-hmm. of these these crimes. Mm-hmm. The first one, the second, first one, second one was a year and a half, mm-hmm. and the second one is a bit of like five weeks. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's really more the rhythm here of these different attacks, like every month or so, or just kind of like at random? Or? Yeah, it's just getting not better and better because it's getting worse and worse as far as what he's doing but his tactics are getting a little bit more smart and he's using a little bit more force and now he's using a gun instead of a knife and instead of just threatening to use a gun so I think that's why it's going to be more and more and more because he's getting smarter about it Sure. yeah I think they're going to find he he has cut a trail across the US from Mm -hmm. Washington to Colorado and they're Mm going to find out that he's been doing it a lot and we have seen a bit of a progression from just Marie's case, which, as far as we know, is case number one, um, and how it's built up and how it's a little bit different for the the women in 2011. Um, so I think I think we're going to see that it's just happened a lot. I think the number is going to be huge. I think it's going to be a very scary number. Yeah. Uh, another question for you, Jack, specifically. The white truck, does Duval find it in episode five? The white truck. The white truck. Yeah, let's say. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, let's do it. Uh, he's sure. just doubling down. Let's, let's do it. it. Double, episode five, the white truck will get found. You heard it here first, unless you already <laughs> binged the whole season. Then you, yeah, you then heard you it already, already know. <laughs> well, can I just say maybe that the white truck has nothing to do with this? A red herring. Yeah. Okay. Because it was kind of just like, that car keeps driving back and forth, and we don't know why. Let's figure it out. It could have nothing to do with the case, and we not know. Or maybe he already got rid of the truck. Mm. That could be a good point, because as said earlier, guys like Scott Parrish were a red herring. Mm-hmm. So the show is not afraid to give us red herrings. Mm-hmm. We yeah. know that. Which yeah. makes it that much better, because mm-hmm. I like to right. play along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, final questions for our predictions. Uh, today, in this episode, uh, Grace kind of appealed to her husband, like, hey man, help me out with some favors. And he's like, no, I cannot. Uh, do you think Steve relents in, in episode five to help out uh, Grace Rasmussen? Alexis? Mm, yeah, sure. Predictions. You never know with this show. Like, it could go a completely different way. So, expect the unexpected, people. Right. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of yes and no. I think. I think Grace is going to provide more evidence to show she should get the the uh, files, but it won't necessarily be the exact information she needs to get it. If you know what I mean, it'll be like, I do, yeah. like he'll he'll see that yes, this is clearly where the information is. So I'll cut a few corners, but he's not going to do it. Just eh, sure you asked. Okay, fair. Uh, final thoughts on today's episode and where you think the season's going to go, Jack. I, I thought this was a really solid episode. It felt like a bit of a bridge between two bigger episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the next episode is going to be a really big episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is definitely more of a building the foundation for the rest of the season. So I liked it, though. This this has been a great series start to middle so far. Great. I definitely agree with that. I think they, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, that I'm starting to feel a little frustrated. Like, oh, they keep thinking they have it and they don't have it. I'm thinking they that they found it and they don't. So I think this is kind of the point in the show where you're starting to feel like maybe they won't find them. But then they surprise us, something unexpected happens, and we 
end up finding the person. So I'm just excited to see what happens. And like I said, expect the unexpected. Absolutely. The investigation rolls on. I can't wait to see where the next stop is first. But Jack Farmer, do me a favor. Tell the world what the world can find you online. You can find me at jackcfarmer.com as well as at realjackfarmer across all social media. Hit me up on Twitter if you want to discuss more about this amazing show. I love chatting with you guys, the viewers. No spoilers, though. I'm only on season or episode four. Fair. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Lexi Fierce. That is I A M L E X I F I E R C E. Lexi Fierce, because you always get confused with being Beyonce. Oh yeah. Okay, I totally understand. And the that. name probably doesn't help. It's like oh, you already look like her, and then oh, it's too much. I, I get the rock all the time. <laughs> uh, my name is Little Boy. I'm Little Boy on Twitter. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm Lopito on Instagram and Lopito.com. We're back for episode five soon. But until then, please buzz you later. Buzz you later.